Donald Trump for speaker. Trump saying tonight that he will take the job, telling Fox News Digital today, and I quote, they have asked me if I would take it for a short period of time for the party until they come to a conclusion. I'm not doing it because I want to. I will do it if necessary. Trump also telling Fox he will visit the Capitol on Tuesday. Now, keep in mind, the vote for speaker is expected to be Wednesday, possibly, and this will be Trump's first visit to the Capitol since the insurrection on January 6th, nearly three years ago. And make no mistake, there are plenty of Republicans who don't want Trump getting involved. You do not want Trump to come? Look, I think, no, I think the discussion should be focused on the people uh, that are in the conference. But the reality, of course, is that it is a deeply divided party, a chaotic party. And some of the Republicans who support Trump as speaker are speaking out just as loudly. It's done. I am nominating Donald J. Trump for Speaker of the House. I think President Trump is the right guy for the job. I certainly would love to see him be Speaker of the House. Of course, it does bear reminding that they are saying this about a person who is facing 91 felony charges. Melanie Zanona is out front on Capitol Hill. And, you know, in the context here, Melanie, uh, Trump now saying he's oh, willing to not just run for president, but potentially be speaker for a period of time. You have been talking to a lot of Republicans there today. What are they telling you about Trump getting involved here in the speaker? Well, Aaron, I can tell you it is not being warmly received. This is just what one Republican told me. They said the solution to chaos isn't to bring in a chaos agent. So, yes, there's some hardcore Trump supporters like Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, who are egging on this idea of Trump getting involved in the speaker's race. But the reality is the Republican conference is so divided right now. And Donald Trump is a polarizing figure in the GOP today. And so bringing him in would do nothing to help them. In fact, it would probably make their matters worse. And the idea of him becoming speaker is just really far-fetched. As a reminder, there are 18 Republicans in Biden one districts, and there are two Republicans in the conference who voted to impeach Trump. So they're not going to make him speaker. They would have to elect him to do that. But there is a big question, Aaron, of whether he gets off the sidelines and endorses a speaker for candidate. That is where things could get complicated. He really was on the sidelines during this fight earlier this week. He had pitched Kevin McCarthy for speaker earlier this year, but really didn't do anything to come to Kevin McCarthy's rescue. And now we're being told that Jim Jordan, one of the candidates for speaker, has talked to Donald Trump about his speaker's bid. So everyone is waiting to see whether he actually does get involved in this race or not. But just the big picture here, Aaron, the fact that even Trump's name is being thrown around by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and other hardcore Trump supporters shows that there is just so much uncertainty about who their next speaker is going to be. Steve Scalise is running. He's the number two Republican. Jim Jordan, as I mentioned, also running. But it's not clear that either of them can get the, the votes that they need on the House floor, raising the prospect of another messy floor fight next week. Aaron. All right, Melanie. Them sounds amazing, right? They, uh, they didn't seem to have a plan at all. We have members on both sides of the aisle with us uh, tonight as this chaos continues. The Republican Congressman Mark Molinaro and Democratic Congressman Seth Moulton. I want to start, though, with Congressman Molinaro. Uh, and I should be uh, clear, sir, I know you voted uh, against the effort to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy, so you wanted him to remain as speaker. So you just heard uh, Congressman uh, Nels. I'm nominating Donald J. Trump for speaker. Mar Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, President Trump's the right guy for the job. I'd love to see him be speaker of the House. Do you think former President Trump should become speaker even on a short-term basis? 
Well, I actually, that's the, the way you framed it is a great way of, of answering it. I, I understand he's interested in being a short-term speaker. We, we have a short-term speaker. We have an interim speaker. Uh, and I'm uh, committed to uh, finding somebody within the House, the membership of the House, uh, to serve as Speaker of the House. We, we've got to be focused on governing again. And I, I think what happened two days ago um, was a mistake. I've said so. I think it's an embarrassment. Uh, and frankly, we need as a conference, Republican majority have to come together behind a candidate who serves in the House, who is committed to governing within the reality. And the reality is we have a divided country and we have a bipartisan government and we have to function within that reality. So President Trump in this context is coming to Capitol Hill next week ahead of what might be the first of many rounds of votes for speaker, right? Depending what happens in your party the day before. He hasn't been uh, on Capitol Hill since uh, the, the insurrection when he was obviously uh, nearby. So do you, do, you, do you think that's a good idea that he would come to the Hill? Is it helpful in any way? I think that the conference has a lot to get through these next few days. And quite frankly, the amount of discussion that we've been having as uh, as members uh, is complicated enough. I will say out loud that I've been engaged in these conversations. I think uh, 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 people from different backgrounds, ideological backgrounds within the conference, we all recognize this is a serious moment. Uh, this is this individual, the Speaker of the House, constitutional responsibility, second in line to be president of the United States. This is not a moment where we need uh, any distraction or any any uh, undermining of a very serious effort to find the individual who who best who will best enable us to govern the american people what they want us fighting inflation they want us focused on border security they want us uh, delivering to the most vulnerable in our society and they need us to be serious about that. So that's that's been my, my attention and focus. And uh, the, the speaker's race itself, I do want to ask you, because you said you were in meetings. I know one of them, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but was with the Congressman Jim Jordan. Obviously, he wants the speakership. Uh, I know he's been speaking to the former president as well, as our Melanie Zanona was reporting. Did he win your vote? I, um, I've made this very clear. I, I've spoken to, uh, to uh, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise, um, uh, and I will tell you that that it, it took three. Uh, let's put it this way. Uh, no one worked harder to earn my support, nor the majority of the House, than Kevin McCarthy. And it took him three or four years to earn that support. Uh, I, I, I represent upstate New York and I represent Americans who want solutions. And I'm not committing to any candidate. Uh, I'm listening. I'm asking tough questions. And I'm speaking on behalf of members like myself who want someone who's going to be committed to governing. Now, any of these men or women, uh, if other names come forward, could rise to this moment. But I think it's critically important uh, that I represent the interests of, of Americans who want a government that's going to function and people who are going to work together towards solutions. And so I'm going to continue to hold uh, firm in that. And, uh, and, 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 and these individuals have a week uh, to earn the support of members like me and the people yeah. I serve. All right. Well, Congressman, thank you very much. Congressman Molinar, I appreciate your time. And, Be well, thank you. All right, you too. And I'm joined now by the Democratic Congressman Seth Moulton of Massachusetts. Well, Congressman, of course, um, you know, if uh, if Democrats had, had helped uh, Kevin McCarthy retain his speakership, you may not be looking at a Speaker Jim Jordan possibility. You certainly wouldn't be hearing about a possible Speaker Trump uh, for some interim period of time and Trump coming to Capitol Hill for the first time since January 6th, as he is apparently going to do next week. Do you have any regrets? No, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, the reality is that what we want is a speaker who's willing to work across the aisle to get things done for the American people. And it sounds like that's exactly uh, what my colleague Mark wants as well. Sadly, we never got that from Kevin McCarthy. I mean, this is a man who you know, governed to his base, to the extremists, uh, from the very day that he was elected speaker. It required Democrats to bail him out, including averting a government shutdown. We bailed him out 
coming to his rescue to avert a government shutdown when 90 of his own members, his own uh, Republican colleagues in the House, voted to shut the government down. And then what does he do? He goes on TV the next day and starts bashing and blaming Democrats. He could have done the most modest outreach to a few members of our caucus and said, I genuinely want to work together to include you in the governing process the same way that yeah. the vast majority of the American people want. But he never did that. Would a Speaker Jordan be better, though? Well, we don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, if you look at the Speaker Jordan or <laughs> Representative Jordan's behavior so far, it makes you think that a Speaker Jordan would be even worse than Kevin McCarthy. But one would hope that the next speaker would recognize that McCarthy's strategy of playing to the base, of being really subservient to these extremists in his caucus, didn't work. It didn't work. He didn't get anything done. In the same period uh, of time, under Nancy Pelosi, we passed three times as many bills out of the House that Kevin McCarthy passed in his speakership. So it didn't work for legislating, it didn't work for the American people, and it ultimately cost him his job to just listen to people like Matt Gates. So what we hope is that whoever the next speaker is, whether it's Speaker Scalise, Speaker Jordan, or someone else, they won't do that. They'll actually be willing to work across the aisle to govern for the American people. Um, and, and that would be a shift, obviously, for some of those individuals. As, as you fairly point out, um, it, would be a, it would be a real transformational shift from how they behaved in the past. I want to ask you, though, about how you got here. I, I know you're well aware that your, your colleague, Democratic Congressman Dan Goldman, uh, said that Liz Cheney reached out to him about Speaker McCarthy, ex-Speaker McCarthy. She reached out to say, uh, that remind, to remind him that, that McCarthy obviously had, in her view, had you know, such a horrible response to January 6th. He had flip-flopped. And, and, and the view that she had, that he poses a danger to democracy because of how he behaved on January 6th and his current support for Donald Trump. And then uh, Congressman Goldman says that he went and conveyed that to the, the entire Democratic conference right before the vote. And it was, uh, you know, it was framed that that was very crucial, that Liz Cheney was actually crucial to the decision of the Democratic caucus to not back and bail out uh, Speaker McCarthy. Is that how you saw it? How big of an impact did she have? No, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, a lot of Democrats have respect for Liz Cheney for her political courage and standing up to Trump and, and the insurrectionists and the people in her party who are election deniers, right? We, we, uh, we understand that about Liz Cheney. That doesn't mean that we always follow her advice.